Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 19. I'm your host, Damien Ross, and I'm also the publisher of a digital nomad magazine called Rootless Living. At the end of this podcast, head over to rootlessliving.com and grab your free digital subscription. If you already have one, make sure to tell a friend or two that are looking to find a way to travel while working. On this episode, I chat with Kelly and Renee, the duo behind 50 and 5th Wheeling, where we chat about how they went full-time in an RV while Kelly still has a stationary Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 job. But before I tell you too much of their story, let's just get into the episode. Okay, with that, I want to introduce Kelly and Renee. Kelly and Renee, how are you guys? We're great. We're doing great, thank you. Awesome. I'm excited to have you guys on because I think at the end of this, we're going to open up some eyes to people that think they can't go full-time in an RV because they have a stationary job. And so I'm really excited about that. And I'm getting ahead of myself a little. So what I'd like to do is it sounds like you guys went full-time a little bit over a year ago. And I'd like to just kind of back up to where you guys feel that you guys started thinking about and thinking, you know what, let's try to go full-time or let's get a new fifth wheel. Explain how that process happened. What, where, where did you guys pick up this idea to kind of do this? Uh, I guess I'll start. Um, in the uh, August, September of 2018, uh, we had been going to camper shows for probably a year or two and just looking around. And originally our idea was, uh, you know, when we retire, we'll get a um, camper or an RV and, and travel all over. So um, about August, September, we were empty nesters and, uh, you know, you're kind of looking at each other because you're so busy when the kids are with all their sports and activities and all of a sudden that's gone. And so Kelly and I got to where every weekend we're like, uh, what do you want to do this weekend? What did we do before kids? So we got back into golfing and, and biking. And then Kelly was like, you know what, let's buy an RV. Why wait till we retire? So about September of 2018, we bought um, our current um, fifth wheel toy hauler and then December of that year about the first week he found out that his job was being uh, transferring us to Atlanta Georgia so that Christmas uh, the kids joined us we have a son and daughter they joined us and I call it our gypsy Christmas because we during Christmas we stopped at a couple campgrounds making our way to Atlanta with the intent of Kelly living in the camper until we found a house. And then we got here and found this beautiful campground and it was close to Kelly's work in a beautiful area, close to nice shopping. And so then the wheels started turning like, you know what, why don't we try this? I like it. Now, did you guys have any kind of RV camping experience leading up to the purchase of this one? Yeah, and that's, that's a good question. We actually started when our kids were fairly young. We started back around 2000. Um, my parents, it really came from my parents. Uh, they are in Colorado. They uh, started out in a pop-up camper, and we kind of followed along in the same footsteps. And we had a pop-up camper for four or five years. We really enjoyed it. And we decided, you know, we enjoyed this so much, but we needed a little extra space with the young kids. And so we upgraded to a Keystone pull behind. It was a 28-foot tra uh, trailer, and we pulled that all over the entire country, all the way out to California, to Florida, to South Dakota. We enjoyed it, and we had it for about 10 years, mm -hmm. and then we kind of focused on our kids, getting them through high school. They had a lot of activities with sports and activities. We sold our campers. We set that aside until, like Renee said, in 2018. We're sitting around the couch. We're trying to figure out what should we do as empty nesters. Let's get back to what we really love 
doing every weekend, and that was camping. So we went out and actually purchased a toy hauler. It's actually, it's a Keystone uh, fifth wheel toy hauler. It's a uh, 421 CK model. Yeah, Keystone Raptor. Yeah. Nice. I, I will say, you know, I, I had four kids really young. Um, by the time I was 30, I had four. And they were all involved in sports. And it really did limit what you could kind of do or any kind of activities. It doesn't have to even be sports. If they're in theater or music or whatever, it, a lot of that stuff happens on the weekends. And it really limits the amount of time that families can go camping now, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But the, the, these special activities have become so prominent on the weekends as opposed to Monday through Friday. So I can totally understand how you kind of have to put that, that aspect on pause in and around the kids, especially in the high school years. It's great that you guys picked it up again. And what I really like, because there's this kind of funny thing online where people say they're full-timers and they are full-time stationary. Like the, the, the rig hasn't moved in five years. And I'm not some guy that's going to say, hey, here are the definitions. But if my RV ever gets to the point where I'm not moving it in five years, I live in a tiny home now. I don't live in a, an RV anymore. I think about my grandma living in a double wide. Yes, it had wheels and a license plate, but she didn't take it anywhere. It never left in the 20 years she lived there. I really like what you guys have going on where, and it, and it sounds like it was a little bit almost accidental where it's like, let's go ahead and relocate. We'll set up the RV, kind of get used to the area, figure it out, find where we want to buy a home, and then we'll have the home and the RV. But in the process, you guys figured out that the RV was plenty, especially being empty nesters. Correct. And uh, even before we actually moved out to coming Georgia, she kind of, Renee, threw out the idea of, you know, maybe we should try to live full time. And at first I was kind of... uh, reluctant to even agree to or even think about it because we purchased the RV in my mind to get away from on the weekends to go out and explore and use that as a downtime and relax. I, I, I'm against it. But once we came out to Georgia, we found this amazing uh, RV park and starting to realize why wait till the weekends when you could enjoy this type of environment every single day, 365 days a year. Why wait? And so that really helped expedite the process of deciding to sell everything that we owned in our 2,500 square foot house, the downsizing, living full time, like you said, in a 400 square foot fifth wheel trailer. It is amazing once you downgrade, because we're, we're very similar in the size of the home that I had before, or condo, I should say, before I went into my RV. And at first it is a little nerve wracking, but then you're like, I can't believe how much space I had before. And it probably didn't feel big enough, you know, <laughs> and, and now you're in 400 and it's still really roomy. There's a lot of area. I don't think people understand it now. Yeah. What I really, yeah. What I really like about, I guess your lifestyle is that when people still have, even if they have a small home and a small RV, there's still a lot of time and prep to go from and back and forth. And then you're always forgetting something. There's just, you get out there and now it's like, we don't have our wine opener. What did we do? What did we forget? And you have to go buy one. But with the lifestyle you're living, it sounds like you're still doing a lot of traveling on weekends and holidays and taking vacations and, you know, hooking it back up and getting out. The transition has got to be really smooth and easy because that's, again, you're like anyone else that's going from state to state to state. You just happen to be stationary Monday through Friday and then you're fully limited to do whatever you want on the weekends, which is awesome. Yeah, and uh, we moved the camper here in December of 2018, and we did not move it uh, just mainly because from 
March to August, Kelly was traveling quite a bit with work. So we were traveling via plane or car um, around the country. But so then October of 2019 was our first trip to Asheville, North Carolina. And I all day was like, okay, I got to remember to pack this, remember to pack that. And then I'm like, oh, wait, everything we own is in here. And then Kelly came home from work and said, he was doing the same thing at work. Like, okay, remember to pack the fishing pole, this, that. And then he goes, wait a minute. Yeah. And so, so that was kind of funny. And then when we pulled out at first, pulled out onto the road, it was very nerve wracking because that was the first time. And we were like, oh my God, everything we own is behind us. And then you get a little further down the road and you're like, okay, this is so cool. When are we going on our next trip? So it's kind of this progression of, oh, understanding and realizing things. Yeah. The only thing I, the only downside I could see is that I did a two month stay in Southern Texas. And by the time we left again, it was kind of not like riding a bike in a way. Like I had to relearn how to pull a fifth wheel a little. I'd been so long since I'd done it. I felt really like a newbie again, in a way. And then it, it did slowly come back, but it was just a weird when you, you haven't pulled it for that long. There's a little bit of like, ooh, this, this takes a little bit of a minute to get used to again. The experience, um, it, when you have everything behind you, it is a great experience. And I uh, came up with a, a saying the other day, I said, we may be living tiny, but we have one of the world's largest suitcases. <laughs> about everything we have is right here in our fifth wheel trailer yeah it's it's one of those like I, I don't know if you see something that gets invented and you're like oh my gosh why didn't I think of that I, I feel like most people either feel you have to live in you can live in an RV and just be stationary somewhere and you don't move it at all and it is a great just that alone is a great way to live and I, I think most people don't know that and that's fine but I just think if you are someone that just adventures every weekend, let's say you, for some reason, your schedule is a Monday through Thursday, four tens, and you have every Friday, Saturday off and Sunday off, and then holidays a lot of times fall on Mondays. You have all these like four days where you're not spending that day before packing and you're not spending that day when you get back unpacking. I just think that's a really cool lifestyle if you, do, you can't have a job that's remote because really, you know, for most people, if they're not retired, you have to have a remote type job or income to be able to do this lifestyle where you're traveling all the time. And I think this gives people that really want to still adventure an opportunity to live this life, get rid of the big house, get rid of all this stuff you don't really use or need, move into an RV, live in a local, you know, campground. And you probably even, I mean, I'll ask you guys, it sounds like you really love your campground, but even if you didn't really love it, you probably could move to a couple different campgrounds just in your area and still commute to and from without really kind of any real issues. Yeah, that's, that's true. And uh, we did get very lucky, very blessed. This is a wonderful campground. It has two lakes, fountains. It's very quiet. Um, and the owner's just wonderful, him and his son. And, and one thing too about, you know, living tiny is, you know, this versus being in our house, like, you know, the money we used to spend on, you know, insurance for a home, HOA fees, chemicals for our pool, you know, all that kind of extra expense we had now that just goes into traveling and, and exploring and, um, you know, that kind of activity. So that's really made a difference in our lives where just every weekend we are we're doing something. We're hiking, biking, kayaking, traveling. Where before, 
you know, Kelly's mowing the lawn or cleaning the pool, I'm cleaning the house and all that goes away. So. Yeah, it is really kind of eye opening when you remove those things. And a lot of times we remove stuff that we spend so much time taking care of that we never use. And that's just when you start to look at you just your time and how valuable time is. These are really good things to evaluate. I do think it's funny that that there's a stigma. I mean, if you and I've mentioned this on the podcast that if you ever watched the Saturday Night Live skit with Chris Farley, you know, you're gonna end up living in a van down by the river. Yeah. I, I, I don't consider, and I, I won't speak for you guys, but I live in a condo. I really do. It's a 42 foot fifth wheel. It doesn't, I don't consider what I'm doing camping by any means, but it, it's not, it's not the lifestyle that I feel like I was kind of being told that if you lived in an RV park or you were, you know, in a mobile kind of vehicle, that just didn't mean that you were successful. Like that really kind of got drowned into me. And I, you know, I'll be 50 next year. So, I mean, it's something that's still within even my age group. And then now it's really starting to come out that, wait, this isn't just for when you're retired or when you haven't established yourself and you're in your early 20s and you're going to backpack kind of across the country. This is something you can do day in and day out. I just love that you guys still have fixed location jobs and yet you're able to live this lifestyle. It's really, really cool. How are people at work you know what I mean? Like, and how are family and friends? How were people when you guys said, you know what, we're going to get rid of, you know, whatever can everyone considers the American dream. We're going to get rid of our home. We're going to make sure the kids can't move back in. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if that was really what the, the deal was, but we're, and we're going to move into a fifth wheel and live in it. What were family and friends' kind of uh, observations or what were they telling you? Yeah, friends were like, you're doing what? And, you know, they're like, you got to blog about this. We got to follow along. And then my dad was like, oh, you'll never, you'll never make it. But then they uh, live in Michigan and do the snowbird thing. They go to Florida in the winter. And so last year they stopped uh, here on their way back. And just seeing where we are at and how we're living, he was like, oh, okay. He, then he was like, oh, I get it. This, this is pretty cool. And actually we were in Savannah two weeks ago and they drove up and spent a couple of days with us and had a blast. So they're totally on board. And, and even uh, whether it's a, a social event or a work event, it's amazing the conversations that surface in that type of environment. Everybody is intrigued. They want to know more about the RV, the full-time lifestyle. And at the end of the conversation, they're all saying, you know, this is kind of our dreams. We always want to do it. We just never had that ability or willingness to kind of step forward with both feet and actually do it. But everybody, it's amazing when you're out there talking, how many people would love to make that transition from living in a, uh, a neighborhood, a subdivision, to living full-time in an RV throughout the country. So it's, it's been a good uh, point of conversation, whether it's at work or a social event. When she goes to work out, that's a lot of conversations that come up on your end as well. Mm -hmm. What's happening in the RV park today? Yeah. That's that's very cool. I like that when I was doing sales, when I was working for someone else, and I really tried to bring in the lifestyle into my building relationships where, you know, when I would email someone, I would say, hey, I'm currently in, you know, Georgia. I love Georgia and spend some time there. Or now I'm in Texas. And sometimes I wouldn't get responses. But then every once in a while I get responses like, hey, I'm not interested in what you're selling but how come you're always in a different place? <laughs> and I always thought and it, it got the conversation going and guess what? A lot of those people end up buying from me, even though they were like, nope, but it, it was such an interesting lifestyle that they needed to hear and talk about it. Um, that's what, what been, I enjoyed most about living where we are now. Every night when I come into the park and Renee always 
kids uh, about it as I drive around the entire park. I am fascinated to get to know other people, but also the types of RVs that they have, but also to maybe just have a conversation and learn from them because they have different experiences that yeah, may help us story? down the road. So it's so amazing just that the RV community, the, uh, the travel, uh, the fifth world community, um, yeah. they're, they're, they're so informative. They're very helpful no matter what you need, they're willing to take the shirt off their back and help you. It's a great community that yeah, we found and out. And we've met, you know, musicians, doctors, I mean, just Lawyers. all walks of life. It's been really cool. Yeah, and I do think that you are bringing up a good point that, you know, there are some good neighborhoods where you own a home and you do get to know your neighbors. That does happen still. It's not as much as I've seen in this lifestyle where, you know, I moved into this campground I'm at maybe three or four days ago. I've had really great conversations with everyone that's kind of pretty much parked near me and I can look back to my old neighborhood and there's people that lived on my street that besides the wave I never really got to know or had a conversation with yeah and there is a little difference in the lifestyle I always make the joke if you're not meeting anyone just pop a tire off your rig and (laughs) and, you know you don't even have to have anything wrong and people will come around and talk to you and it's really true and you, you do the reverse and it bricks and sticks you pull a tire off your rig no one's coming out to see how they can help you it's it is a different mentality and lifestyle and people sometimes don't know it do you guys have a lot of is it mostly like long stays at your campground or there are people that are just coming in for the weekend and leaving too 75 to 80 percent are probably full timers yes the rest are daily weekly less than 30 days yeah so we get a little bit of both which is really nice the full-timers, are they there? I just left a lake and they had full-time spots, but I could tell those were secondary vacation spots. So it, almost every RV spot was filled, but I would say there was probably only 20% of actual people there. Or is it actual people still living and being in there full-time? Most of them here live in them every day. There's one gentleman that uh, he lives in Florida, bought the camper because his um, children and grandchildren live here so that he kind of uses it as his vacation home to visit family and spend time with them but for the most part the full-timers are here full-time nice and how much traveling are you guys doing now that it you know you kind of you're uh, it sounds like you go on a little bit of a a road show for the job kelly and that's kind of not happening how much weekend travel do you guys do and vacation travel what does that look like in the course of a year since we've moved here about every weekend and that's one thing I've been impressed with, with the Georgia area, Atlanta area. Every weekend, we're up north exploring, whether it's a waterfall or the hike, the Appalachian Trail, mm-hmm. or just visiting the, all the amazing cities uh, throughout northern uh, Georgia. We're out exploring, biking, kayaking, hiking. Yeah. So we're, we're doing something every weekend. Now, as far as taking the camper and going somewhere, you know, that... Um, we're more limited to like his vacations or holidays, um, you know, where maybe we have like a three day weekend or a four day weekend or a week or two. So we're, you know, limited a little bit more there, but um, we're doing something activity wise or traveling every weekend. Did you guys do a lot of weekend traveling when you guys had a sticks and bricks or was it more weekends were made for chores? 
Um, mainly chores. We would bike a lot and golf on the weekends. And then once we bought the camper that September, we did start doing um, a couple trips with the camper. We went to Fredericksburg, wine country in Texas with friends, and then hauled it up to Arkansas where our son attends college. And then Oklahoma met friends that also have a camper and we kayaked. So we did a couple, you know, we were camping at least once or twice a month prior to moving to Georgia. Nice. And why a toy hauler? What was the idea behind? And for some reason, if any of my listeners are listening, they don't know, a toy hauler is basically a portion of your fifth wheel is like a garage where you could put a motorcycles in it, golf carts. Why did you guys decide to go with the toy hauler? Mainly for the toys that... Uh, we have we have mountain bikes we have kayaks it gives us a avenue to haul those around the country but are also one of my goals personal goals yeah. is to get back into either motocross or motorcycle riding or four wheel uh, four wheels atvs razors polaris atvs or perhaps a golf cart uh, so that gives us in the garage itself i think it's probably about 11 foot so there's enough room in there not only do we use the garage area to haul our toys, our bikes and stuff, but we also use it as our primary entrance into the camper. We use it kind of more like a mudroom, mm -hmm. but also it converts into, that's where we have, when we have guests over, we have uh, two queen beds so they could sleep back there, but also we use that kind of as our dining, room, dining yeah. room as well. Dining room, game room. So we use it for many, many reasons. And we used to have um, motorcycles and four-wheelers back when we had the Outback camper. So Kelly would haul the camper and I'd haul the trailer with the uh, motorcycles and four-wheelers and used to do like Mena, Arkansas, the old logging trails and um, Lake Murray. They have an area where you can ride. So we haven't gotten that made that purchase again and gotten back into that yet, but that's definitely on Kelly's bucket list. I think so. that room is one of the most versatile rooms in mm -hmm. the entire setup. From yes. a garage to a bedroom to a dining room to a mudroom. Yeah, you really can make it whatever it is that you need it to be. And I think one of the questions that always come out in the groups, and it's just a newbie question and they don't know that they shouldn't be asking it, is does should I get a fifth wheel or should I get a class A? And it's it's really not a question that you just ask out loud because it's really defined defined by who you are and what your needs are. And right. And that's like and even us as like full timers. I really wish we would do a better job answering that instead of just saying, oh, get a fifth wheel toy hauler, you'll love it. But you just don't know who they are or what they need, you know? And, and it, I had so many people, Damien, get a class A, you need to get a class A, you'll love it, especially full time, blah, blah, blah. And then I would say, hey guys, I'm six foot seven. And then I have a lot of people, oh, you gotta get a fifth wheel, <laughs> get a fifth wheel, because a class A that has that kind of ceiling is gonna cost you $500,000. And, and that's really kind of an interesting conversation. I like to ask people, why they they pick a, a certain thing and and i'm i'm obviously an advocate for fifth wheels for full timing because of the storage because of the ease of pulling because it does feel like a condo and but again everyone's different if someone wants a class a because you know they like to be able to make a sandwich while they're driving that's you know right. that's their thing you know or someone you know they have i don't know pets that just don't do well in cars but do well in a class a for some reason it's just that's the kind of conversations we need to be having and that's why i like asking people why that? I, you know, it's weird. I don't, I like motorcycles. I rode them a lot. I definitely like dirt bikes, but it, it just terrifies me now as I've gotten older, just because of like an ankle breaking. Like that's what I'm worried about the most. If my right foot broke, 
I, you know, that would be a lot of trouble for me for a while. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing that keeps me from like not wanting to do those things. But I love the gators and I love the golf carts. I think those are really about my speed now. I would have fun yes. with either yeah. one of those. <laughs> a lot of golf carts in your community? No, um, I think the the bigger, more like Florida, you know, the like um, snowbird type campgrounds where you really see the the golf carts, but just the owners have them here. Yeah, it, it is really interesting. There are parks where it's like everyone has one and then you go to a park where no one has one. Right. It's yeah. very funny to me where I literally there are parks where you can't sit outside because it's a parade all day. You're spending all day waving to people driving by in their golf cart and there's other campgrounds <laughs> you go to and there's no one with one it's the weirdest thing they become very it, it almost becomes like a keeping up with the joneses in a way once a couple people have them at a campground everybody's got to have one <laughs> so for people that are thinking about this that have a stationary job that you know they just are like yeah i'd rather just have both and maybe they have both and they're not using the other one what's just some advice or thoughts that you would say trust me get rid of the 2,500 square foot, get into the 400 square foot and just get out there. Like what are, what are some of the fears that maybe I'm not realizing people would have that they need to just forget about? They're not real fears. Well, I think some people have said to me like you and your, do you guys fight or how do you get along in that small space? And it's like, well, we're not together every day, all day. Cause he's working and I'm, you know, volunteering and doing all the things I do, but there's plenty, like you said, it's a small condo. There's room to spread out. And when it's nice out, we're outside. And um, so there's, you know, that aspect, but I just think it's, you know, you can do so much more living. It's just, it's not about, it's not about the stuff. It's about, you know, doing and exploring and, and living. And so you know, and a lot of us are so attached to the stuff. And so that was the hard part of the process for me was, you know, after 28 years of marriage and two kids and being in one house, almost 15 years, you, you just accumulate and fill. And so we had been thinning and cleaning, knowing that a move was possible. But when it came down to it, it was a lot of work. Um, so it's a lot of work. And if, you know, you really got to start purging and thinning, but I just think, the the benefits outweigh you know all the the other stuff and it, it it's just I don't know if you can find a nice campground I think it's worth it you think, yeah, and uh, like Renee said we had a lot of stuff and we finally realized that it's better to do stuff get out and explore than have all this stuff that's and the same I was basically when I was born I had a screwdriver in my hand and I, my biggest concern was all the tools. I bought tools. I looked for projects so I could go out and buy additional tools. Yeah. And I was afraid to give up that type of lifestyle. I've always had something to work on. And that was my biggest concern. I would think and challenge those that are on the edge and similar to what we did is we sold the house. We put everything in storage, but we were still living out of our RV. And after a time, you realize that it, while everything's in a storage, you know what? You don't necessarily need everything. Mm -hmm. And through that process, Renee did an excellent job listing it on um, Facebook, Facebook Marketplace. Marketplace. Yeah. It was taking stuff to the church, donating it, giving it to yeah. needy families. Yeah. You realize over a period of time, we don't really need everything that we've collected over 28 years. You can live a extremely happy lifestyle. You could get out, explore. You can become healthier by exploring if you don't 
keep all that stuff. And I think that's one way to maybe process it, put it in a storage for a while, let it sit there. If you don't need it, slowly right. get yeah. rid of it. We had sold all the big furniture I sold before the move, but then we still filled a 10 by 30 storage unit when we moved here. And, and that was just all the little stuff. Now, there, there were like family um, pieces of furniture that we inherited and stuff from when the kids were little that I, I just couldn't get rid of. I was kind of like, I've kept it this long and you know they'll want it when they have kids. So we are fortunate that we were able to put some of that stuff in a family's house. Um, for when our kids get a house and you know they can have that themselves but um, i even think when you were going to storage she was for her first two or three months here she was going to that storage every day kind of purging mm -hmm. that inventory she would open up a box she'd be overwhelmed she couldn't make up the decision right there should i keep it donate it get rid of it she would set it aside and i think through that process that two or three months you realize all right i don't necessarily need this time yeah. to move on i'll donate it yeah, and Kelly was like, just get rid of it. And I'm like, I, I got to come back to this box when he's not around and just <laughs> take my time and go through it. So it, it's a process. Or just grab a toolbox and be like, oh, Kelly, let's have this attitude about the tools. <laughs> How do you feel well, about this? And it's funny, my, my post today on Instagram is just kind of a, a short video of the process of our house and our house for sale and then it being emptied and the stuff in storage and then storage unit empty and then pictures of the camper and and somebody said what about the tools i have a lot of tools so uh that did come up today and that was a tough decision but once i realized our new lifestyles like closing one door opening up a new door a new chapter in our life getting out and exploring once i realized the, the benefits of doing that i called her up and i said hey renee sell everything sell all my tools and so basically she went on Craigslist. She listed my air compressor or everything that I had in the garage, my table saws, radial mm -hmm. arm saws. And yeah. then the next day her father called me and said, Hey, make sure you keep that air compressor. So I called Renee. Hey Renee, keep that air compressor for your dad. She's like, no, I already sold it. So once <laughs> I gave her the green light, it was gone. It was gone. <laughs> you know, again, like I talked about when I left on this trip, it was to find land, build a house where now I think it's, you know, it's still fine land and maybe just build a really nice cover and a small little shop that I can park the RV and, you know, just come down and recoup and work on things on the rig and then get back on the road. And I can see how getting rid of some of the stuff that you just don't know if you'll want to come back to is really kind of hard and tough. But I think what people don't do is they don't do the math. And again, Renee, I'm not talking about family heirloom or kids artwork because there's no math to that. But the stuff that you own, when you start doing it, it's going to cost $200 a month to have the storage unit. The stuff yeah. that's in there is worth $5,000. Within 10 months, we've already lost half the value. If we sell it all and we don't store it and we decide we don't want to do this life, the same amount of money is to buy the stuff back new and better and probably more of what you need. And it's funny that a lot of times people won't do that math. But I do love that you guys brought up the point again, because it hasn't been talked to about really in a while, is we do have way too much stuff. We just nobody needs 25 coffee cups you know what right. i mean like that kind of stuff and you just don't realize until you've done a couple moves and i actually think that's where moving is actually good and like yourself 28 years that's a lot of time of not really getting down deep in the back of the cupboards and different things and the reason i called the magazine ruleless is because i felt like i wanted to be able to convey you're not feeling stuck and i really do feel like stuff weighs you down and i'm not trying to get into some weird like you know like hippie kind of thing. That's not what I mean. It's just when you have all this stuff, 
it really does weigh you down. And it's until you get rid of it and your life is very simple and easy and it takes an hour to clean something, what used to take seven hours to clean a house, that kind of stuff. You just didn't realize. That's all you've ever known. You didn't realize how much easier it is. Right. So I love that you guys are talking about it. And I love, Kelly, that you're talking about the tools because I think I think the idea of a, a real garage shop for a lot of men and women, I don't want to just put it on men, but that have, you know, their craft room or whatever it is, is really hard on people. They feel like they'll miss that too much. And there's enough to work on on a rig, trust me. There's always something yeah. you got to fix and tweak. And there's plenty of room to set up any kind of, ho you know, hobbies that you enjoy doing. So those excuses, I love that you guys have kind of helped steered through that. And I like the way that you guys went about the process and, you know, just made really great decisions for yourself and for your family and what's best for you guys. And I don't know about you guys, but when I think about the possibility of grandkids, I think this will be such an easier way to be able to go visit and see them too. As a, you know, as opposed to going into their house and they, I've got to sleep on a couch somewhere and I, you know, I just, a campground like a mile or two away <laughs> and then you can, you know, bail out when you need to come back the next day. Like all this stuff, there's so much positive in this lifestyle. Now, Kelly, is retirement near? Is that something you're looking towards, worried about, not worried about? Is there a plan for that fortunate. at all? Yeah, I've been very fortunate. I've been uh, right out of college. I started working for General Motors. I've been with General Motors for 31 years now. So my goal, maybe when I turn 55, if everything uh, works out as planned, to maybe retire from the automotive industry and uh, maybe do something up north with Renee's parents uh, and help them out uh, around their properties up north from spring to fall. And then after that time frame, maybe travel and enjoy visiting our kids and friends throughout the country in our trailer. Yeah, you are one of the very few that started early enough where the retirement age at 55 actually is pretty awesome. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people, when they do hit a job that they've stuck around with, it's usually in that 70 range is when they're retiring. So that's really cool. And what a cool career. I mean, like you said, if you've had a screwdriver in your hand that young to then obviously get into something that's a passion play as well, that's really cool. That was a passion of my dad. And I think at the age of five, when he went off to get his master's, he left for the summer and he gave me a little challenge. There was a little small Briggs and Stratton engine. And he told me by the time he gets back from uh, college over the summer break, he wanted me to have that little Briggs and Stratton engine completely disassembled. So when he returned, I had everything disassembled except for the piston where it connects to the connecting rod. It's a press fit. Couldn't figure out how to do that with a screwdriver or a pair of pliers. So I have no mechanical background whatsoever. The last car I worked on was a 69 Volkswagen Bug in high school. And then after that, once computer chips came into it, it just, you know, and I didn't, I was like a carburetor kind of guy and they got rid of those. I'm like, I can't keep up with this. But now that I'm in this lifestyle, it's something I really want to learn again. I, I took apart my little generator just so I could figure it out and watch some YouTube videos. And I feel like everyone needs to do that. Like, I think at some point, it is really fun to take apart an engine and kind of figure out the workings behind it and put it back together. And, you know, if you mess up a $200 generator, it's not a huge deal. I wouldn't recommend starting with a car, you know, a little, yeah. <laughs> a little gas mower or something to that effect. Those are all really good things. Now, before... And having those skills and that type of knowledge and learning on your own, I think certainly could save you time and money over your entire lifestyle, whether it's at home or working on your RV versus if you could just take the time, try to figure that out. If you have some basic tools, 
we could pretty much fix anything. Yeah, I do feel like the RV life, people are more inclined to that. I feel like in the home life, I would be much rather be like, I'll just call a plumber. When I've had water leak issues here, I try to investigate it myself. I look on a YouTube channel. I'll, I'll call someone that I know that's experienced. And then I really just try to fix it myself because the idea of actually taking and my RV into some shop and having it be there for a day or two. You do everything you can. It's the reverse. You're always home. The plumber comes to you. And then this really does make you kind of figure stuff out, which is really cool. I Trust me, I've ran into mistakes where I've been like, oh man, I'm glad I didn't actually call someone to have him come here. And he's like, no, it's this switch over here, son. That's what you got to switch on. That'd be <laughs> terrible. Let's yeah. talk about some some high lows. I like to do this in the on the podcast is, and I like to start with the lows. What's been some low in the lifestyle, um, living full time in an RV that maybe you didn't expect? <laughs> we discussed this after listening to your podcast. What we were going to say, and Kelly has a new one after just, last night. So yes, well, <laughs> since January, I had to look this up. Since January, we have had here in Atlanta area, I think about twenty some inches of rain. So with uh, that's probably the, the downside uh, with the RV, unlike a house where you have all that extra barrier or the insulation, the roof, the ceiling, the continuous rain here in Atlanta trying to get a good night's sleep has been a little challenging, but it also is kind of peaceful all in the same. Yeah, I like it. It wakes him up. I mean, unless it's a severe storm, it's definitely going to wake you up in the camper, but yeah. <laughs> and it's raining and there's this popcorn background noise. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say the upside is in a home, you walk outside, you're like, oh, it's raining. That yeah, never happens in an RV. Right. right. You know it's raining. <laughs> and even when it's sprinkling, it feels like yeah. it's really yeah. coming down. So that's the upside is you never go outside and you're like, dang it, I forgot my umbrella. You don't <laughs> right. have your umbrella. Check the weather you're station. Ready. If it's windy out, you'll know it's windy. Yeah. It's exactly. raining. It's <laughs> I think it's windy. There goes our canopy. It's gone. Our awning's gone. Um What's been like uh, one of the big highs in the lifestyle maybe you didn't expect? I just think that, you know, the, the, the activity every weekend, um, you know, like we're, we're not tied to all this stuff that a house ties you down with, with, you know, extra repairs and the lawn and, you know, if you have pools and cleaning the house. And so we've really gotten into hiking. Um, we've done like Blood Mountain and some spots on the Appalachian Trail. And we've been, there's a lot of uh, waterfalls here in North Georgia. We've been hiking to those. And so um, it, it's just freed us to be able to travel and to explore and really enjoy uh, learning about Georgia and all the surrounding areas. So that's definitely the high. Yeah, I think it, it is a lifestyle that it makes you want to be active in a way that you're just your bricks and sticks didn't and it's not that people that live in brick and sticks aren't active but there is something about it that's just a little different and i don't know what the magic sauce is there but i'm glad i have it for sure and i'm glad you guys have it where you feel the itch to get out and do things what i like to do at the end is make sure people know where to find you um anyone that's listening i'll link all this stuff below in the podcast so you can actually click the links but where can people find you if they want to ask questions or just see how you guys are doing this we are on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and it's all 50 and 5th Wheeling. One long word, it's all spelled out. Um, and so we, that's where we post what we're doing and where we've been, and um, so people can see the inside of our camper and uh, all the places we've been traveling to. And just want to say, you know, congrats on your magazine. It's, it's very, I love it. It's awesome, and it was much needed out there. 
Yeah, that's my personal story behind it is in 2016 when this light bulb came on where I wanted this lifestyle. And, and honestly, guys, I think I invented it in my head. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't influenced. And mm -hmm. then I went online. I was like, oh my gosh, people are doing this. I thought I'd be the first. That's how it just, there was no influence on this lifestyle at all for me. But I was really surprised that I couldn't find a publication about the lifestyle. You can find blogs, you can find YouTube videos. And I always talk about, but that's usually one person's perspective. Mm -hmm. And and I like to hear from just all kinds of people doing it because I, I know this and I talk about this in my almost quarter century of being sober. When I would go to meetings, you look for people that you can relate to. I think any niche you do that. And so I, that's why I was really excited about having you guys on is I think there are people that make excuses because of a, a 30, 35 year career job that they want to stay with, that they can't live this lifestyle and they can't. And I think you guys are like unlocking that. So I'm really glad you guys are out sharing your story as well, too. And I appreciate the compliments on the magazine. We've got a long way to go, but so far it's been a really great start. Yeah. Yes. It looks awesome. Thank you. Well, I really appreciate you guys making time and hanging out with me today. And I hope if anyone is in kind of the similar circumstances where you, you've got this house, you'd love to downsize, but you're still got that Monday through Friday job, reach out to them, ask some questions, DM them. And, uh, you know, look at some of their content and figure it out because this is a lifestyle you can do and it's something that'll probably change or better your life. So you might as well get out there and do it. Yeah. And thank you for having us. And uh, definitely, I mean, if anybody wants to direct message us, uh, we, you know, that's, we want to share our story and we post stories so that um, we can help others learn from our mistakes and just if they're new, you know, how you do things. And so we're, we're trying to share that as much as we can. That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you guys being on the on the show. And Kelly, I'm sorry you lost all your tools, my man. Uh, but you know, <laughs> it's for a good cause. <laughs> yes. Well, thanks again so much. We really appreciate it. All right, you guys. Talk to you guys soon. See you on the road. Safe travels. Well, another fun episode. If you have been thinking about going full time in an RV, but because you don't have a remote job, you thought you couldn't. Hopefully, Kelly and Renee gave you some new look at this lifestyle, and maybe you too can make it work with the job that you have today. Now, before you hit stop on the podcast, please take a moment and share this podcast on Facebook, on Instagram, even if you're still using Twitter, tag us using the hashtag Rootless Living and just let people know that both the magazine and this podcast is out there. And if you think you know someone that would make a good guest or that guest might even be you, please send us an email at podcast at rootlessliving.com and let's see if we can tell your story. Until next week, stay rootless.